The following is a fourth-hand production. Hear that crap? It's British just like this week's story. Or maybe what they saw comes from another planet. I really don't care. Either way, people say they saw an alien craft in the UK, and these people are American soldiers. So it's loser meat sacks from both sides of the pond this week as we cut through the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that has never been to England. But we're pretty sure it's a silly place. This is Hysteria 51. When that's the round table. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts and head ufologists on this investigation into the unknown, Brent Hand and John Goforth. The universe consists of a billion, billion galaxies, 77 billion miles across. And every galaxy is made up of a billion zillion stars. And around these stars circle a billion planets. And of all these planets, the greenest and the pleasantest is the planet Earth. In the system of Sol in the galaxy known as the Milky Way. And it was to this world that creatures of an alien planet came. To conquer and destroy the very heart of civilization. Brent, we are back to our bread and butter tonight. A classic UFO. Now, is that bread like soggy and have raisins in it because it's in England? I'm, I don't know what they eat over there. <laughs> it's fry bread, I think. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, Sorry, no, go, it's keep fried going. bread. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have made that up either way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it's a classic UFO story. British listeners right. chime in. Yeah. Let us know. Classic uh, A classic UFO. UFO story. I mean, this one, though, this one doesn't happen here in the colonies. As we mentioned, it is across the pond in merry old England. Yeah, it still took Americans to make it cool, though. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to the details in a second, but I think this leads us to probably the most important question that we are going to ask and answer tonight. What's the best Monty Python movie? Oh, John, that's the question of ages. Uh, We actually asked this question not too long ago on Hysteria Nation and got, uh, I guess you would want to say, mixed results. Yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised. Me too. I thought most people would go with my favorite, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I expected more people to make my favorite, The Life of Brian. What's so funny about Biggest Dickus? Well, it's a joke name, sir. I have a very great friend in Rome called Biggest Dickus. 
well, you're both dumb asses, so there is that. <laughs> that other voice you're hearing is the third host of the show, and definitely, definitely the dumbest. The one and only conspiracy bot. Screw you both. When he's not arguing with us or drinking, he's supposed to be researching, editing, and producing this show. Instead, he just argues more and drinks more. You know, John, those two seem to be kind of uh, directly proportional. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, I need one. Anyone have any, my lord? Okay, okay, Seabot. <laughs> what would the correct there answer there have been? Uh, 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 the actual correct answer would have been no one should drink my lord, but I think you're talking about Monty Python. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going back a little further. Thank you. Um, if you but, don't know what my lord is, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just imagine, you know, taking whatever liquid is coming out of your exhaust pipe in your car <laughs> and mixing it up with some rubbing alcohol. Yeah, That's yeah, about yeah. The, the shape of my lord. <laughs> I said it was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm, you said it was Life of Brian. Seabot, why are we wrong? Anyone with half a brain, so obviously not you idiots, would know the right answer here is the meaning of life. Name two ways of getting them flowing, Watson. Rubbing the clitoris up. What's wrong with a kiss boy? You only like that because it said the word clitoris <laughs> or, or clitoris. Uh, John and I went to college with a guy who drove a Ford Taurus and our dorm, and he literally wrote CLI in front of Taurus because, you know, it's spelled exactly the same. Hey, he's a classy guy. Yeah. I'm sorry my humor is lost on you. Right. See about right. <laughs> Sexual organs notwithstanding. I mean, it is a great, a great Monty Python flick as well. But we, we probably shouldn't forget about the Flying Circus. It kind of started the whole thing. Exactly. I got the trees over our heels, suspenders and the bra. I wish I'd been a girly, just like my dear mama. Okay, you know what else is good, John? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it home here. UFO stories. Oh boy, do we have a doozy. <laughs> you like that? It's great. I fucking brought it all together. Some people even call it Britain's Roswell because they're trying to class up Britain by comparing them to America. I feel like you have a deep-seated no, I just problem. Like, we need to call up British announcer guy because I actually had someone that wrote us that's like, I don't know why you're trying to play off him as British. He's obviously from Australia. We're like, no, he's, <laughs> he's in, lives in London. He's about around. as British as they come. He's like, obviously, you don't know uh, your British accents because he's definitely spent time in Australia. I'm like, well, he says different, but... <laughs> British announcer guy is so British that he had a heart attack and the very next day ate a full English breakfast. <laughs> He does make good bangers and mash also. So. <laughs> He's, he, he does. Which you can't, you know, say what you want about the British bangers and mash. You know, sausage and mashed potatoes. Hell yeah. I'm in. I I, I am too, but I'm in separately. I don't want those two together. Oh, you, throw some peas, some cheese on there. Oh, no, now we're making shepherd's pie. But, but it's still, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you love mi mixing stuff. Like, we'll, oh, we'll go everything. to have breakfast and you just, everything that comes on the plate, you pile on top of it and cut it up together. I got that from my dad. You just, it, it, like, literally just stir. It was funny when, when KFC came out with their bowls. I was going to bring it up. You beat me to it. <laughs> Everyone was like, did your dad and you get a job making recipes for KFC? I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> Dear listener, if you don't know what we're talking about, KFC a few years ago came out with these bowls. I don't know if they and still it, have. I, I, I go there once every five years, it feels like. It sounds mundane enough at first. Like, they threw some chicken in with some potatoes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then some corn. And and uh some and then cheese. And some cheese. I'm like, well, that's, that's strange. But okay. And then gravy on top of yeah, that. And it is fantastic. And then probably a few other things I'm not even remembering. But, like, that, <laughs> that mixture is so I, I, unsettling. Oh, it's good. It's good. When I was a little kid, I remember my mom would make... Um, 
pork steak and i wasn't a huge pork steak fan at that time mm-hmm. and i would always cut it up and mix it in with my mashed potatoes and pour mustard all over it and to this day i want like my pork steak with mustard and mashed potatoes all over it <laughs> that's so weird i know isn't that weird isn't that weird how like things like that stick with you you know uh not your pork steak story but the uh, the kfc monstrosity that you enjoyed so well reminds me of uh, this dish that is big on the east coast i just became familiar with it mm-hmm. stacy and i were in um new york over uh, the labor day weekend and we found this we tried it at one place and we found it at like four others like it's a big thing out there it's called disco fries they take a plate of french fries they melt mozzarella cheese on top and then they ladle brown gravy on top it's like a poor man's poutine yeah <laughs> like it it's like craft goes we can do this <laughs> we got this covered <laughs> uh we so we went ahead and ordered it because you know what i bet it was all right wasn't it no. It wasn't? No. Was it too too much gravy? Get soggy? I wanted one or the other. I like I like cheese on fries and mm-hmm. the gravy on fries I'd never had but was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I didn't want both. Like they, they were too contrasting. Have you had flavors. poutine? No, I have not. So we've had, you know, I've, I've had it a few times and it's pretty good, it, but it's it's curd, like cheese curry. It's not like a slice of, right. slice of cheese thrown on there and stuff, but you know. I I think I just don't like gravy mixed with cheese. I think that's my Well, you know, no one's perfect, John. But you, you know, know what? You know what is perfect? perfect. <laughs> Tonight's topic. Yes. Back on track. John, our dear listeners, a, a rundown. One might call it a gofopedia on uh, what's the Rendlesham Forest incident. Sum it up for us. I'm not saying it's aliens. But it goes without saying it's fucking aliens. It's fu- yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I'll give you a little more detail than that. So late December 1980, uh, right around Christmas time. There was a series of reported sightings and unexplained lights near Rendlesham Forest in England, which had become linked with claims of UFO landings. The, the events occurred just outside RAF Woodbridge, uh, which was used at the time by the United States Air Force. It, it originally had been a British base, mm-hmm. and they gave it to the United States yeah, yeah. Uh, once they didn't want it anymore. Kind of like the colonies. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it didn't go like that. Yeah, not, not quite. Uh, the... the the United States Air Force personnel, including the deputy base commander who's big in this story, his name's Charles Holt, claimed Lieutenant to see... Colonel Charles Holt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, that's um, Lieutenant. Oh, Lieutenant. If he was if he was British, his name would be like Sebastian or something. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Sebastian. Why? Because that's like Charles the... is a British name. That's true. That's true. Name one famous Charles <laughs> from Britain. See, you can't do you it. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, he claimed that things they described as a UFO sighting. Yeah, so, yeah he straight up said, uh, should be from outer space. Right, right. But And we'll get back to him in a minute. Yeah. But So at 3 a.m., December 26th, so three hours after Christmas ended, American military personnel from Woodbridge spotted a glowing light nearby. Fucking Santa Claus on a smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> what a it, night. Yeah. Woo, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph, yeah, <laughs> pass me a hams. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they saw light over this forest that was next door called Rendlesham Forest, and 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 so they went out to check it out. As they approached, the lights shot off into the trees. Uh, then they, an inspection of the forest where the light had been, found triangular scorch marks on the earth below where the lights had been. On December twenty eighth, radiation tests revealed slightly higher levels than normal. At the quote-unquote landing mm-hmm. site. The Ministry of Defense, 
the MOD, as it's known in England, stated the event posed no threat to national security and it was therefore never investigated as a security matter. Skeptics have explained the sightings as a misinterpretation of a series of nocturnal lights, a fireball, or Orfordness Lighthouse, which is a lighthouse in the area that yeah. uh, is is often talked about in relation mm-hmm. to this story. Or just really bright stars. That's yeah. One. yeah. Yeah. That's the story as we always hear it. And that's the, the very conspiracy-wise telling of the story. But let's actually hear it from the mouth of someone involved. So we're going to actually play audio from a recent interview with Larry Warren. He was a former security specialist with the United States Air Force. So let's hear what good old Larry had to say about the whole incident. We came to the edge of this field, Cape Green, and in the field, the first thing I saw was one of the, one of our airmen upset, and Robert Ball was talking to him. The guy was scared about something. And so I came in through the trees right there. And then uh, walked forward into this field, and what I could see was a 50-foot diameter, approximately, glowing mist on the ground. And uh, I saw a red light come in. It was the basketball size. It came down over the field in a downward arc and then went to the top of this mist and I was not far from it and there was a flash of light that was blinding. Hurt my eyes documented and others. All of this is being filmed and in the place was a triangular delta shaped machine, object, craft and then off the right side of this came a like a child's you know the big rings where the kid can make a bubble it just off the fabric of this machine thing came this bluish gold bubble uh, that was about a foot off the ground and it split into three and inside that the upper extremities of what I only can say was a non-human entity well, I watched cameras go through the actions of filming and I know still pictures were taken we have actual motion picture film of the UFO. And it was given to the F-15 that pulled, flew from Germany onto uh, Bentwaters Airfield, not Woodbridge, Bentwaters. And it was handed to the pilot, the canopy closed, and the p- plane took off. And Mike Verano asked, where's the plane going? And they said, to Germany. What we also know at some point, and this has been lost in time, is that that footage was flown to Washington, D.C., after it was in Germany. A lot of our command people showed up and did witness all this. Um, I'd pass a lie detector on it. Bold statements. The upper extremities of an alien. He comes out and says it. Now, it should be noted, this is is that caveat in the story moment, the asterisk. This dude, Mr. Larry Warren, is a controversial character, to say the least. Yeah, so even the others involved with these stories will be like, ugh, and then there's Larry. Right, that's exactly right. They, they they don't want to be too accusatory because they know that what they're saying sounds out there, so they don't want to go, that guy's a damn liar. But they're essentially saying that. They're saying that he has he wasn't even there, that all the stuff he's come up with about, about aircraft is literally just so he can 
go speak at MUFON events and write a book. Take that with a grain of salt. We don't know. We weren't there. Uh, we're well, just, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we weren't there. Uh, me and me and Seabot, we were elsewhere. We were time traveling at that time. <laughs> we had our tools packed up to go build another monument somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, so. He was showing you his hometown of yeah. Gobekli Tepe. Yes, yes. So, you know, let's get into some of the details and this will flex yeah, itself we'll, out we'll, a little we'll go, bit. We'll go past Warren and just into kind of the. Yeah. So breaking down the story more than just telling it. So here's you have security seeing what they thought is a plane at outside of the base. They thought a plane had gone down. Yeah. Where one should not be. So obviously it looked like it, it had crashed. Right. So they go check to see and see what's going on. And they see a cluster of strange lights that moved away from them as they approached. And now here's the crazy part. They came to a clearing and they see what Larry described you know, before as this delta wing or triangular shaped craft sitting on legs like like landing pad, like skids. Think of like when the Millennium Falcon comes down or something like that. And then they say it disappeared, quote unquote, in the blink of an eye. And the next day, British police are called in. No sign of a craft, but there are strange, strange markings on the ground, like imprints from where they said these skids were in that area. And damage to the trees, broken branches and markings on the trees stuff like that also radiation is present all over the area well shit that's weird glad it's over we don't know what it was wrong two days later a couple nights go by boom the lights are back they get a twofer <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's when uh lieutenant colonel charles holt and like we said, he was a deputy base commander. He accompanies a team of men to investigate the sighting the second night. And they see brilliant pulsating lights beaming through the trees and light beaming to the ground on the base. <sighs> Normal British shit is what we're getting at. Yeah, exactly. It happens there all the time. Now, uh, let's clarify a few things in there. Um, no, that was clear. We're fine. <laughs> First, the the fact the the whole craft being there period yeah. is a point of contention between two guys that were both out there. Now let's say this too, and it goes on. We're also talking about two separate events, right? So the twenty sixth and the twenty eighth. So first, I'm talking about the twenty sixth. Yeah, uh, Halt wrote the memo on it because he was deputy base commander. That was his but job. he wasn't yeah. there. Not the he first was, night. Not yeah. the first night. He was there this, the, the, this, at the second sighting. Yeah. The first sighting, there was a group that went out there. Uh, I think it might have been three guys. Two of them, at least, are quoted uh, saying two different, very different things. One of the guys' name is John Burroughs. Another one is Jim Penniston. Penniston originally gave a detailed account of what happened and did not mention the craft in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. He only much later came up with the craft after he had been hypnotized. And not only did he come up with the craft, he touched the craft. Yeah. And so, things like that. Which is another thing that we've gotten into a lot of these stories is hypnotic regression. All of a sudden, lots of details come out and... Uh, it seems to me that either hypnotic regression can really unlock a lot or make people make up or think they remember things. And I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with that. That's a tale for another day. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence as well. But I can say this, that the other participants other than Penniston can have, have continued to say they don't remember seeing a craft. Right. Now, right. they say they did see some weird stuff. 
when they were hip hypnotized, mm-hmm. but never we saw a craft with hieroglyphs and we touched it and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's what he said was on there. There was weird markings, much like they said in Roswell hieroglyph looking right, things right, right, right. on the metal and they touched it and, and, and or didn't touch it and things like that. And then you got the second event, which was just lights and there was no uh, spotted craft in and of itself in that night. They got Larry Warren, who's seeing bubbles come out of things that, <laughs> that look like they got the upper torsos of aliens in them and, and things like that. And who, according to other people who were there, wasn't even there, period. This is another one of those stories, John, where as time goes by, more and more details come out. And this isn't like a thing where, and I want to make a, a very distinct difference. You've got someone telling a story like with Fire in the Sky with Travis Walden. The only thing that's changed is his opinion of the story. The facts haven't changed. Correct. This one, the facts change every fucking time they go to talk that's true. somewhere. That's true. Now, the, uh, that's an exaggeration, but you know what I'm saying. The The one guy who I think universally is seen as perhaps the most credible of the of the people involved in the incident that have talked about it publicly is the is the deputy base commander that we mentioned earlier? Holt, yeah, yeah. He uh, just literally did his job Charles and said, Holt. "This is what I think it was." Lieutenant or Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt. Now he put out a memo talking a, a, about what happened. Very that cleverly named the Holt memo. Oh, the Holt. Oh, yeah. Well, we no. Uh, I'm sorry, but the memo itself he wrote the, in the subject unexplained line, lights. unexplained light. Yeah. So. Let's let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Let's just read through the memo as he put it to the military. Early in the morning of 27 December 80, approximately 0300, two USAF security police patrolmen saw unusual lights outside the back gate at RAF Woodbridge. Thinking an aircraft might have crashed or been forced down, they called for permission to go outside the gate to investigate. The on-duty flight chief responded and allowed three patrolmen to proceed on foot. The individuals reported seeing a strange glowing object in the forest. The object was described as being metallic in appearance and triangular in shape, approximately two to three meters across the base and approximately two meters high. It was illuminated the entire forest with a white light. The object itself had a pulsing red light on top, a bank of blue lights underneath. The object was hovering. Fucking space cops. Sorry. It was either hovering or on legs. As the patrolman approached the object, it was maneuvered through the trees and disappeared. At this time, the animals at a nearby farm went into a frenzy. The object was briefly sighted approximately a half hour later near the back gate. Number two. The next day, three depressions, one and one half inch deep and seven inches in diameter, were found where the object had been sighted on the ground. The following night, December 29th, the area was checked for radiation. Beta gamma readings of 0.1, I'm going to get this wrong, millirotogens, were recorded with peak readings in the three depressions and near the center of the triangle formed by the depressions. A nearby tree had moderate 0.05 to 0.07 readings on the side of the tree toward the depression. Number three, and this is the last one, later in the night, a red sun-like light was seen through the trees. It moved about and pulsed. At one point, it appeared to throw off glowing particles that broke into five separate white objects and then disappeared. Immediately thereafter, three star-like objects were noticed in the sky, two objects to the north and one to the south, all of which is movements and displayed red, green, and blue lights. The objects to the north appeared to be elliptical through an 8 to 12 power lens and then turned to full circles. The objects to the north remained in the sky for an hour or more. The object to the south was visible for two or three hours and beamed down a stream of light from time to time. Numerous individuals, including the undersigned, witnessed the activities in paragraphs two and three. 
the part that you actually left out, I don't know if it, there was a caveat for in there, was Major Lundgren actually saw one of the aliens and it said, I come in peace. But unfortunately, he said, you go in pieces. And they couldn't even find those pieces of the alien. Major Lundgren. That's my favorite part of this whole story. <laughs> Dolph was there. You go um, in pieces, asshole. Who, who apparently is a Mensa member. Uh, very high IQ. He has a, a master's in like chemical engineering. He was here for school and was going to get his doctorate. And then someone's like, you're really good looking. Want to be a model? And he goes, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> You'll notice that in the first part of the memo that he says he didn't witness himself the first mm-hmm. night, they do talk about the craft. Mm-hmm. This memo came out January 13th of 1981. So it came out after they had had the hypnosis done and yeah. supposedly druggings by the uh, by the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> Behind a mirror with a bunch of CIA guys. Exactly. Going, hey, exactly. Oh, all so right. that, that, that spurred that, that yeah. account on. Let's go to break. I think this is a good time to, to take a break. And when we come back, let's talk a little about the location. We've talked a lot about these depressions and things like that. Let's talk about that whole area and what evidence and discrepancies there might be in the story when we come back with more Hysteria 51. <laughs> Depressions from Alien Life. So depressed. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we we've been touting these things forever we love rosetta stone and we actually are users david you've really been using it even for longer than i what's your experience been like oh it's been great the thing is uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it so it's very high on pronunciation too so <laughs> you can you know learn how to speak and you know our show is all about proper pronunciation <laughs> in that pronunciation yeah that's right but it's it, they design it for long term retention, you know. It, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and there's over twenty five different languages that you can learn, and people, millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with you know you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally though, this is something that we use and we have, both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long-term and uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone. Dot com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it. 
today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You look tired. I take it the caffeine, toothpaste, and adrenaline face serum aren't working? Well, maybe you should ask Santa for a Nectar mattress this year. And if the big guy brings you another unicorn finger puppet, don't worry, because mattresses start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, as well as a 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com today. I or did I? <laughs> There was a man in the hall. I'll never tell. (laughs) I'll never. The thing is, and I, 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 you know, we, we just saw it there. You know, you read that memo and you said, oh, they, they said they saw the ship. And then you had to come back and say, well, that was after hypnosis. This story's all over the place. It is. In fact, I heard an interview when I was doing my research with another one of the men involved who said that Penniston came back years later and changed it to the ship. Here we have the memo from 1981, which is, you know, a couple weeks later, a couple weeks later yeah. where he mentions the ship. Now, some people will argue that the memo is fake. Right. Right. Some people argue because it disappeared uh, for a long time well, and exactly. then it resurfaced. Then it, then it comes back. And uh yeah. How much of that is? I mean, redacted. there are so many rabbit holes we could go down here. Let's just try to get to. I am so happy you said rabbit holes because that's going to play in here in a minute. We're going to talk here, John. <laughs> We're actually going to talk about evidence discrepancies in the whole area. So let, let, let's talk about the location for a minute. We're, we're, this whole thing takes place in Rangelsham Forest. It's owned by the Forestry Commission and consists of about 5.8 square miles of trees interspersed with, um, you know, heathland, wetland areas, broad leaf areas, stuff like that. It's a forest. It's located in the county of Suffolk, about eight miles east of the town of Ipswich. That's a fun name. I-P-S-W-I-C, Ipswich. Uh, the incident occurred in the vicinity of two former military bases, the Royal Air Force Bentwaters, which is just 
kind of north of the forest in Royal Air Force Woodbridge, which extends onto the forest from the west and is bounded by the forest on the northern and eastern side. So it's all around there. Right. Now, at the time, both were being used by the United States, as John had said earlier, and they were under the command of Wing Commander Colonel Gordon E. Williams. It was a great video game. Oh, man. Wing oh, Commander 3 was my favorite. Mark Hamill, if you don't want to play the game, go and just watch the cutscenes. It's a movie. It's it a really movie. Are you talking about 3, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's All of them are great. You the mean, first but two were more cartoony. This one this had one like, is like real li- video li- in it. Yeah, it looks like a, a mix between Star Wars and like um the bad guys were cats battlestar galactica yeah, yes yeah. what do they call it like kilrothy or i don't remember i think i, I might have made that up but they might have been Kilrathi. And it's got like a it's got like a uh akbar looking guy that he's always talking with yes he, <laughs> anyway anyway we digress uh, and then like we said you know uh the base commander was colonel ted conrad and his deputy was one lieutenant colonel charles holt so those are kind of the, the the people that were over this whole thing of the holt memo we read earlier yeah the main events of this whole story including the supposed landing or landings took place in the forest which starts at the east end of the base about uh about 0.3 miles east of the east gate of royal air force woodbridge and that's where the security guards first noticed these quote unquote mysterious lights appearing to descend into the forest and the forest extends east about a mile beyond the gate and ending at a farmer's field in Capel Green, which the additional events and he talked about in that clip we played earlier, how the animals were spooked and stuff like that. Right. Then you got the Fortness Lighthouse along the same line of sight, about five miles further east of the forest edge. At the time, it was one of the brightest lighthouses in the UK. So we're kind of painting this whole area. It's a forest next to a farm. There's a lighthouse super bright lighthouse right there and there's two bases so it's it's an interesting area to say the least and let's talk about the bases themselves for a second one of the things that's worth noting this is not uh the evidence has surfaced uh it's not officially acknowledged by the united states air force but evidence has surfaced that they were holding nuclear warheads at the base. And, it is pretty, uh, and without talking, being said absolutely, that is it's generally much agreed upon. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, we had, we had, we had, we got nukes everywhere. And we've talked on this show a lot about how if aliens exist and if they have been here, why would they continually be going to New Mexico, Nevada? Why would they continually be going after the military? And, you know, there's always the military events. And that, and one of the short answers from a lot of people is they don't like the fact that we have nukes. The humans have harnessed the atom. Right. If all of that is the case, everything I just said, and there are nukes there, that helps explain if they were aliens and John, why they came. And if you're wondering why when John said all this in Nevada and, and New Mexico and stuff, that's where we blew up all the nukes. Exactly. I exactly. Mean, that shit, you can't live there for the next 50,000 years in, in a lot of those areas. <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be really nice then. It'll be fine then, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit of the evidence and the discrepancies in evidence. There's been several sources for this, what we're going to tell you, some of which are the Holt Memo, which John read to you, and we're going we're gonna to pull some pieces out of that from january 13th 81 there's the halt tape in 1984 a copy of what became known as the halt tape was released to ufo researchers by colonel sam morgan who had uh, by then succeeded ted conrad as Holt's superior we want you to be able to listen to the whole thing we're not going to play a clips of it now but i thought it'd be fun if you could listen to the entire tape in its entirety so at the end of this episode at the very end i'm going to include all the audio from lieutenant colonel holt that he recorded allegedly, his, you know, well, allegedly recorded 
in his investigation and the people that were involved say, yeah, that's him. And then other people go, no, it's not. Who, you well, know what? You, we got some audio. We're going to play it at the end of the episode. The one you. accusation that's been made about the tapes is that he doctored it afterwards. Right, right. He, he has come out and said that's a fabrication. It's a flat out lie. Mm-hmm. The only change that's been made to the tape in the 30 some odd years since is I was playing it for a friend at one point. And my daughter was playing piano in the room. Mm-hmm. I instead of hitting play, I accidentally slid the button like one of those old yeah. uh, tape recorders from play to record. Remember how it's got the button on top of the play button yep. for record? And he recorded a couple seconds of his daughter playing the piano on top of it. He says that is the only adulteration to the vi- uh, to the audio that is. There is one more adulteration. I took out the hiss in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe I shouldn't have. Now that I'm thinking well, about you know, it. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know what you should do is just go back and edit it to. You know, edit the words together. This is aliens. (laughs) I was probe anal. (laughs) Lee. I don't know why I said anal in there, but. And there's one more piece also to the Holt affidavit. Back in June of 2010, retired Colonel uh, Charles Holt signed a notarized affidavit, which he again summarized. So this is different than the memo. It's just another thing. And then stated he believed the event to be extraterrestrial and it had been covered up by both the United States and the United Kingdom. He literally said in 2010, it's a cover up on aliens. And that's a big deal because again, if you look at the cast of characters that are involved in this thing, he is generally thought to be the most believable. Right. Contradictions between this affidavit and the facts as recorded at the time in Holt's memo and tape have been pointed out by a lot of people, meaning he made some jumps here. What he's saying in 2010 doesn't jive with everything, and you you can hear that. In the, in, there's also a lot of other things. There's the Suffolk police log. So the police were called to the scene the night of the initial sightings, and again the following morning, but they actually said, you know what? There's nothing unusual here. The people that are from this area are like, no. So then you got the Ministry of Defense file, and evidence of a substantial Ministry of Defense file that led to claims of a cover-up. And some interpreted this as part of a larger pattern of information suppression, as you get <laughs> with unidentified flying objects by both the United States and the British government. So totally going on with Holt there. However, when the file was finally released in its quote-unquote entirety in 2001, it turned out to consist mostly of just internal correspondences and responses to inquiries from the public and really no... No real investigation. Uh, Some people argue that just the fact that the United States military investigated it means it was a cover up. And the reason is normally when there's something that happens near a base, but it constitutes no security threat to the base or is not perceived as such. They wouldn't go out and investigate themselves and expose their own people. They would call local authorities. So the bobbies would come around. Yakety sacks. Yeah. The bobbies would come down and check it out themselves. The Air Force isn't going to get involved. So they, they're saying just the fact that they went out there already points to something nefarious. I don't know. This is where Joe Peck would come in with his Simpsons quote because when they were in, I forget what country they're in, but they, they went to a, a U.S. consulate and the Marines outside of there and he's, He's act, Homer's acting stupid, and he steps onto the base. The Marine punches him in the face, like, we don't stand for that kind of tomfoolery in the United States of America, because they're technically on U.S. soil. I mean, they don't stand for that kind of tomfoolery outside of their bases, even if it's over in, you know, in, in the forest. Jolly old England, yeah. So uh, those are uh, what we're going to – that's kind of the things that I comb through to kind of get evidence and stuff. The the Ministry of Defense file, the police log, the memo, the affidavit, you know, the the – the video, all that stuff. 
evidence. We're going to break down the the big pieces here. And if you're in uh if you're in England, it's evidence with an S. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. It's I left that S on there as I put it in there even though as you're looking if you're looking at my screen on the cuz I have my computer up here even though word is telling me I misspelled it, I left it. I left it. It's out of respect for yeah. uh that's all. That's all. For the queen. Radiation. Holy shit, radiation, John. That's a big one, man. They, they, people say, well, there was radiation there. This is a huge smoking gun, you would think, in a situation like this. Something was there. But there is a big catch uh, that has been pointed out by a lot of people. It turns out, and looking back, that they used a type of Geiger counter that picks up background radiation, and the readings they got would be normal for a pine forest they used the wrong Geiger counter, the wrong sensitivity settings. They're saying that they it was pinging because it, it was set to pick up background radiation, not like nuclear radiation. And that's argued by some that mm-hmm. like they no one's I don't know. No one's certain, I guess uh, they don't know what setting they had on. Um, yeah. But on the flip side of that. One of the bad things that has gone with this story, and this is true, this is provable. That many of the men involved had various health issues after being involved. Uh, Now, some people draw no correlation to that. Others draw a direct straight line to it. And this feels like it's Area 51 all over again. You know, I don't know if you you guys know about the Area 51. I think we talked about this. And then, yeah, we did in our episode how they had their guys. That was our 51st episode. There you go. They were they were burning stuff and 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 disposing of stuff that they told them now oh, you're fine don't worry about it uh, do you, and then when they're, they're do you want a mask nah yeah their their shit falls off you know like they're hey um i have six fingers and and one toe now what you know and that's <laughs> on my left hand <laughs> uh yeah and they're literally though i don't i don't want to make light of that people were dying and they sued the government and clinton stepped in and said nope can't sue them nothing can happen here and and literally they were Pissed away by the government. So one of the guys involved in this we referenced earlier, Burroughs, it was found he went into the military, mm-hmm. went into the United States Air Force with a clean bill of health, a, a happy heart. And he was good to go. He left. They found a heart murmur. Mm-hmm. He since had to have open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, they also I know there's been other uh, cancers yeah. related to people who were there. There's been numerous things that have happened to these people. As a result, now when when it's Burroughs, hard to say it's the result of this, but it's easy to make that you know to lineage. make the connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when uh, now, this is interesting too. When Burroughs went to get help from the VA, VA said uh, we can't help you because you weren't there. <laughs> they had they had redacted his file yeah, and taken yeah. it out. Like you weren't even you weren't even in the Air Force. What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, John McCain's office was actually helping the guy. And they're like, "What are you talking about? We have a copy of his physical. We have like, all this paperwork yeah. right here." And they, they had shit. Ju- they lazard me. <laughs> they lazard me. <laughs> they they uh and it, it they finally got it taken yeah. care of. But these these poor guys had to fight just to get no matter what. I mean, it was it was ruled. It was one hundred percent ruled that. Some of their health problems mm-hmm. came from being on duty. Yeah. Now, they're not saying it's from that night, and they're not saying it's from radiation. But but this is a hell of a smoking gun. It right. could be. Right, right, right. Speaking of burrows and uh, rabbit holes. <laughs> oh, marks, here we go. Marks on the ground, John. The, 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 the landing pad, the skids, whatever you want to call it, the crash itself, they, they say they saw left marks on the ground. Well, the police came in the next day. 
along with forest rangers of, of that area. And they said, well, what'd you see? And they point to it and they go, that's a rabbit burrow. <laughs> literally, they're like, that was a just a a rabbit burrow. Literally nothing to see there. And now who knows if that's true or not? You know, it's another one of those things where, you know, things can get edited to be sanitized. But one of the servicemen went back because he was so distraught over the event and he brought plaster of Paris with him and he dumped it in the holes, the three holes that are supposedly triangular in shape and equidistant to one another. And he still has those um, those plaster Mm -hmm. molds or casts. And they look like absolutely nothing. They just yeah. look like long pieces of plaster. <laughs> like, yeah, it they it looks just like there was a divot and I filled it in. Like, and, yeah, I don't. It doesn't point one way or the other. It's just like good for you. you and maybe I guess there. he was just saying there was something there. And what I would have been more excited to see would be an outline around those and measurements showing like the area between them. And you know. We don't have that, so we don't know. Um, and uh, we don't have we don't have anything. You know, earlier we heard the reference of videotapes. There's no videotape that uh, that has been released to the public. There, there's no videotape that's been released. We don't know if there is one or not. Right. Now, the, a lot of the men we know that Holt was recording, allegedly. Yes, uh, you know, and, and the there men doesn't said that, seem to be a ton of. I mean, people have. Uh, accused him of doctoring the tape mm-hmm. but there doesn't seem to be a ton of people that are saying that tape's 100 percent fake yeah everyone yeah. seems to agree that he was recording right, that night right. and that, that is a version of it we're batting a thousand there's conjecture on the radiation but there's a lot of evidence for it there's conjecture on the marks on the ground but there seems to be evidence that there was even some bigfoot plaster peristyle uh depressions then we got radar so lots of reports of strange radar pings by these people. They say they saw them, but are they true? There's another thing. We know this for sure. Uh, when Lieutenant Colonel Holt was first in the force seeing the lights, he actually had a call patched to the local uh, Royal Air Force radar site, and the commanding officer there checked and said there was nothing at all on radar. So that was in the official report. But other people are come forward and say, no, 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 no. We were getting shit out of this world <laughs> funny out of this yeah. world but you know we were seeing stuff all over it that was just at that time they couldn't see anything uh and we all know because it was cloaked the um <laughs> yes yes uh see about you're gonna say something would you literally just because we we said yeah. those words what i dig that show you are lucky I didn't play the theme to Mr. Belvedere. According to our new arrival, life is more than mere survival. We just might live a good life yet. Uh, touche, man. Touche. Subtitle. Uh, never mentioned before. Who cares? Who cares? All right. So <laughs> the, the radar thing, another group of people, the people, um, Raiderarians, they were one of the people who might have built the, uh, pyramids. <laughs> Another group of people are the well, some of the air traffic controllers from that time period have come out since much later and said, we did see a bunch of crazy stuff. on." Yeah, that's what I was saying. Exactly. They are saying that this has been redacted or the story has been changed. And if I was a CO, I probably knew that some I'm 
shining a little bit more light here maybe than I could. But if if it was an alien and I knew that something was going on or if it was something of mine, I knew something was going on and they call in and say something in the sky, I would tell my air traffic controller, tell him you saw nothing. Nothing to see here. You looky loose. Exactly. See, but nothing to see here. It's interesting. Every aspect, Brent, you've kind of framed this whole thing as evidence, right? Every aspect of the things that that you would look at as evidence have been touched in some way, shape or form, or at Mm -hmm. least are alleged to have been touched. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like anyone is in agreement on what happened on the radar. Most of the time in these stories, there's some sort of agreement somewhere. Yeah. And the only agreement on on in this entire story is that there were lights in the sky. Right. That's the only agreement. Then uh, we got the, the markings on the trees that we talked about. Strange marks. And we know this. This is another thing that's in agreement. There was 100%, John, marks on the trees. That is not a discrepancy. Problem is, what were the marks? So they call in those foresters and those cops, and the forester goes, oh, yeah, yeah we marked those trees with hatchets. This is a forest that we continually chop down and replant and stuff like that. The whole forest, it's a, it's a plantation. And those are marks saying we're going to cut this tree down. (laughs) So whether that's true or not, also that falls into the, I don't know, but if it's true that that would be a totally normal thing, but they're like, no, it's not the marks tree. The the men have later said the branches were bent and things like that. And there was radiation on the trees and stuff like that. And even the dendrologists, is that a thing? The people into dendrology, the people who have cut down the trees say that the, um, in the area, the circles inside the tree, the the size of the 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 they count the years. Yeah, they look different. The spacing is they're off weird since then. Yes, so the spacing uh, is gapped in only in that area, further out from like okay. So let's say they say that you can set your your watch, same as by like how big the gaps are, and then it takes a large radiation event, an act of God, to change it, and yet all these trees ringing in this area are different. And here. Uh, Here's what I want to know. Nation, if you know the answer, please get on Hysteria Nation and tell me. In these stories, so often this comes up that those rings have changed in lots of different stories, not all relating to potential aliens. It seems like that happens a lot. Let's, There's a let's, lot of alien activity on this Let's planet, say John. for a second, and, and this, is, I, this is wildly wrong and inaccurate, but let's just say for a second that we know 100% that these events are not extraterrestrial in origin. Inconceivable! I know, I know. But let's just say for a second they aren't. What the hell is making all of it? Like, I, I'm wondering if perhaps getting weird tree rings isn't that difficult. If it happens so often, are we missing something else? Like, well, oh, the lightning struck within the last mile and that changed. I mean, I, I'm just making shit up. 1.21 gigawatts <laughs> or gigawatts, <laughs> gigawatts. Uh, has a lot the, of, you know, we've, both we've, are acceptable terms. We've done a, roughly a... We've done roughly 105, 106 episodes of this podcast, and this thing that never happens except for, as you put, an act of God has happened like 37 times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, that's all I'm saying. Well, you got to understand, John, like I said, there's a lot of alien A lot activity. of alien activity. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So now, what, you, what you said, though, the thing that you said that everyone agreed on was lights. lights. Yeah. So there was <laughs> – this one is not so easily explained away, but there are some things that can be explained. There's a lighthouse nearby. We talked about that. And the men who investigated knew that, and they knew that they said they were not seeing the light from the lighthouse. They saw it every day, this light from this lighthouse. They knew it was there. Right. It's a, 
It was all the time. And they saw these lights in the craft up close, they say. And they say in their official statement, they saw the lights emerge from the trees and they saw the lighthouse beacon in the distance behind them. Not a meteor, the lighthouse, etc. You know, it wasn't any of that stuff. It wasn't a meteor, it wasn't a lighthouse. These lights were separate. And they say the lights were under intelligent control. As you heard in the beginning, hell, there was the upper torso of an alien in it. I, I, <laughs> that's pretty intelligent. No matter if it's aliens or anything else, a craft, whatever. I mean, you gotta, you got to think these guys know the difference running through the forest of just staring at a lighthouse and staring at objects that seem to be moving in unison and, and moving intelligently. Like that, That's a very different thing. Well, then, look at it, though. According to Holt's memo, three star-like lights were seen in the sky two to the north, one to the south, about 10 degrees above the horizon. And Holt said that the brightest of these hovered for two to three hours and seemed to beam down a stream of light from time to time. And here's the other thing. Astronomers explained that these are just stars, just bright stars. He was just seeing that, and that's all it was. So the way he <laughs> describes it, though, that's interesting. it's not stars. The way no. he describes it, he call it, he doesn't say a stream. He says a laser. It was like a yeah, laser. Yeah, yeah, that was trying and, to explain. And what I, he, think, I think it's kind of one of those, I don't think that word be means. Oh, and you could see uh, something traveling up the, the, the laser. <laughs> <laughs> it's more one of those, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. When I think laser, I think of the thing in, like, Real Genius. <laughs> that, that's a laser. Yeah. Um, but a, a stream of light. And uh, he even goes on to say that it came right by their feet. Right. Like, right you're not right. going to see a, a stream of light right by your feet and and mistake that for starlight. No. Right. Starlight, star bright. First of all, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the big question I think that we are coming to, there's a couple here. Are they making this up? Is it aliens? Was it military? We're going to go to break. But when we come back, we're going to tell you for certain in our minds. We solve it all. <laughs> Up next on Hysteria 51. You guys are idiots. <laughs> uh, did you mean us with the... the uh, he meant the guys in the military. Gotcha. Where'd the cow go up in the sky? I didn't know where you were going with that. And then I'm like, oh, I, that, that's a... I would guess Alpha Centauri. I don't know. I mean, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere else. He's so quick, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so quick. <laughs> they just had a hankering for some, you know, beat. I'm David Pumpkins. It's not. No, no. We're getting close. next month. We're getting close. I don't know when this is going to go out, but we're recording it. We're not there yet. <laughs> ways away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always in the Spoiler Halloween alert, spirit. We record these early sometimes we don't record them the night before they yeah, release i don't know if you knew that or not right now it is january of 2017 <laughs> <laughs> who's the president yeah <laughs> like to thank you herbert hoover what <laughs> really showing us the way i don't know it's a show tune <laughs> <laughs> if this show was ever on the rails it's officially off yeah, of it there you go so let's talk what really happened. What do the men that were there have to say? Well, we heard from Larry Warren. He was pretty clear. It was the upper torso of an alien. <laughs> right. I mean, Hieroglyphs. And, 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 there's an alien know. spacecraft. There's an actual alien. You don't need anything else. We know what happened. No, you know, that is a, it's an interesting thing to swing with almost 40 years later. Oh, yeah, I was there and I've, it was definitely an alien. Well, let's go ahead and suspend our belief for a moment and just pretend like he's not um, 100% factual and accurate. That's a good suspend uh, belief. I like right. that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and let's get into some of the other folks that were there and what they have to say. 
Steve Langero was a former U.S. Air Force MP, and he was quiet until a couple years ago. MP, which is that another... stands for magic points. Yes, yes, exactly. Magic missile, magic missile. Another one, he was quiet for years and years and years, and then a couple years ago, he spoke openly with Outer Limits magazine. And I'll tell you what, Brent, if you want to be taken fucking seriously in this world, you start. You don't stop. You don't end at. You start with Outer Limits magazine. Well, you know what? Uh, fuck you, John, because I would love to be in Outer Limits magazine. <laughs> they, Outer Limits, if you're listening. Wait, wait. Why, why were you? Why were you cantankerous with me there? Because you, don't don't shit don't shit on the uh, one of the things that actually might uh, put something about us in their paper. <laughs> are, you, are you implying that I was being less than forthright? I, no, I was all right saying. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here are some excerpts from his interview. He has revealed he believes what he saw came from outer space and could have been aliens. Now, that's how he said it. I believe it came from outer space and could have been aliens. Well, it, it did it come from outer space with us. You know, I don't understand that. But anyway, he said, I think it was something not from this world. And he said, while on duty that night, we had a very sophisticated alarm system and everything just went off. And then I could see these lights over the treetops and I was thinking, what's going on? Then they started sending people out there, and at first it was hard to believe all these bright lights. It was hard to take in. He described seeing UFOs looking like fluorescent colored lights, red and green, glowing lights, and that's what they looked like. He told the magazine, I could see them hovering over the treetops like an eye that almost followed everybody. Uh, you know, Holt, you'll hear in the, I think he actually references it in the in the audio we're going to listen to, mm-hmm. but certainly later has said, 100% described it as an eye. It looked like an eye. Yeah. It looked, uh, and the times that it moved, it kind of looks like it was blinking. Yeah. Um, that, that, that Which word Brit- pops up a lot. Well, this is in the UK, so Mordor is next door. Oh. So it does make sense that, to have a giant That eye. seems legit. I'm, I'm in, I'm on board. I'd buy that for a dollar. Alternative facts. <laughs> That's a twofer. <laughs> uh, he said in a debriefing act afterwards, the witnesses were sworn to secrecy as the base had nuclear weapons on site. There you go, John. So he is corroborating that story. And he said, it came toward us in the forest, moving, bobbing up and down in the trees. It was oval about 100 to 150 yards away with a dark center and red around it. And he claimed there were sparks coming from it. And after a minute, it exploded and disappeared. And then they spotted objects in the sky about three to 4,000 feet up. Now, uh, again, going back to Holt, the way he described that the sparks was almost as if it was molten metal uh, dripping off of it. That's Ooh. what that's what he thought it looked like. Which is interesting because I could see if you really did see something and you asked you and me to like describe it, you might not say the exact same thing, but those are interesting ways to perceive something the, similar. Absolutely. So that is an interesting thing. I just wish that both of these had came out 40 years ago and not a couple <laughs> years ago. But hey, also... On that radar back and forth, we we were talking about two former military technicians stated a UFO was caught on radar and was seen from the control tower at Royal Air Force Bentwaters and Royal Air Force Woodbridge, as well as in Rendlesham Forest near the whole area at the time of the sighting. So these guys, notice I'm not naming names because they don't name names, but military technicians came forward and said, yeah, we saw them. I don't know. So let's, let's. I don't know. Let's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's 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 talk explanations, John. We should probably mention when we we, we said we were going to walk you through some of the uh, 
some of the stories from that night, we probably didn't cover half of them. No, this is going to be a 90-minute episode, and we're just... Tip we of the talk, iceberg, yeah. We talked about doing two on this. I think we can get the, the gist of the story, and you guys... It'll be a fun one for you to look into if you want to look into more, because it's never-ending. There are multiple books um, that have... That, and In they the all, world. <laughs> thank you. Some are, of which are on this. <laughs> Some of which are more than you would th- more than you would guess are on this subject, and they all have very different uh, takeaways. Uh, so definitely, it's worth reading. There, there are uh, some really good books out there. It's more it's fun to dive into deeper. You can this do an entire one of the only times I, season I, of a podcast on this story. I found this interesting too. The it was one of the only um, air bases that was originally British, privately owned, and then handed over to the U.S. Who owned it? Bigelow. I made that up, but now it's in there. <laughs> but it's it out there. Out. It's out there. <laughs> it's in the next book. <laughs> uh, we found a new de- a new detail has emerged. Yeah, they were gonna they're gonna shoot him in the space. So I, explanations number one, you got to just we'll get this one off the top. A hoax was it a hoax? It's possible. Uh, yeah, I mean it could be, and it could have been one of those things where it started out as uh, as a hoax, and then guys saw a little dollar signs or something and ran with it later in the years. I don't and know. The reason it's not just us being skeptical that a hoax is a possibility. There's actually an article from the BBC that um, a person came forward from the United States Air Force, U.S. Security Policeman Kevin Condy, and said that uh, he was he was the one behind it all. So we'll cover that. Which is funny. I made that joke earlier, like, damn uh, space cops. But he said he was driving around his police vehicle with his lights on, and he had modified other lights. And and he was just, he, he was pulling everybody's leg. Now, the problem is they, they have said that he has done that, but they can't prove, and there's no evidence that he was actually doing it the night that this took place. Here you go. Here's one that, that you're going to be surprised by. I 100% don't think it was a hoax. Yeah. We'll get to our thoughts later. But I think this Condi guy is just one of these people that we were talking about before that just, are just kind of glomming on and trying or to make a buck. Or is he a patsy by the government? A, uh, mm, well, no. Wouldn't wouldn't a wouldn't an agent of disinformation say it was something else, not just a hoax? I mean, maybe not. I mean, why they can't use that's the too same straightforward. St- well, but yeah, they got to keep. They gotta keep you guessing. Yeah, you're right. They gotta you know, switch it up here and there. The most widely accepted explanation is that the sightings were due to a combination of three things. So when you look into people that are going to discredit, it, they'll they'll name three things. They say this is what it was. Uno. So the initial sightings at 3 a.m. on the 26th of December, when the airmen saw something apparently descending in the forest, coincided with the appearance of a bright fireball over southern England, and such fireballs are a common source of UFO reports. Dose. The supposed landing marks were identified by police and foresters as rabbit diggings. And trace. No evidence has emerged to confirm that anything actually came down in the forest. So they're just saying, ah, yeah, nothing to see there. We can't really prove anything, so it's stupid. I don't understand the first one there. To to go back over it, you said... Oh, it's just a fireball, and fireballs happen a lot over England. That's what, the, literally, I. that's a quote. I know, I know. I'm saying, what? Meteor, meteor, <laughs> meteor, I think is what they're getting at. You but saw meteor. They said fireball, like, oh, like is Ryu up there? Hadouken! Fireball. Yeah. Hadouken! Right? This, this is England. People are bombing us all the time. <laughs> I, do they still have dragons there? I don't. In England? Yeah. No, those are just in the east now. The yeah, far east. the far east. It's just one of those things where, like, well, we don't know, but you don't know either, so it ain't true. Well, it, it's what an explanation, though. It's fireballs. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> swamp gas sounds better at yeah. that point. The other thing is, 
and this is a big one. People love to blame the orphanist lighthouse because the yeah, lights yeah, yeah, flashing, yeah. they were in the same direction. And when the eyewitnesses attempted to approach the lights, they realized it was further off than they thought. And you got this other guy, this one witness, Ed Cabinsag, described it as a beacon of light off in the distance, while another guy, John Burroughs, said, oh, it's just a lighthouse. So, I mean, there's a couple things there, a beacon and a lighthouse, and they were just saying, so a couple people blamed it on the lighthouse. There's another thing that really points to the lighthouse. Burroughs is the guy that we talked about earlier. He changed his story. But that was at the time. Right. He goes, ah, it's just the lighthouse. So the timing on Holt's tape recording uh, during the sighting on the 28th indicate that the light they saw, which was in the same direction as the, the lighthouse and the other two, flashed every five seconds which is the same rate as the Orphanist Lighthouse rotates. So that's an interesting, um, you know, th- thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. Speaking of fun magazines and, and, and places, on January 6th of 2009, Skeptoid podcast put out a, uh, an episode titled The Rendlesham Forest UFO. Scientific skeptic author Brian Dunning evaluated the original eyewitness reports and audio recordings, as well as the resulting media reporting of this incident. And after a lengthy analysis, Dunning concluded, and these are quotes from Dunning, Colonel Holt's thoroughness was commendable, but even he can be mistaken. Without exception, everything he reported on his audio tape and in his written memo has a perfectly rational and unremarkable explanation. All that remains is the tale of the men who were debriefed and ordered never to mention the event and warned that bullets are cheap. Well, as we've seen on television, the men all talk quite freely about it, and even Colonel Holt says that to this day, no one has ever debriefed him. So this appears to be just another dramatic invention for television, perhaps from one of the men who has expanded their stories over the year. So bold statement. Yeah, well, it's skeptoid. Of course, they're going to say that. Holt, I read another interview with him. He talked about leaving the military. When you leave the military and you've had, um, you know, and you're at a decent level Mm -hmm. where you've seen some stuff that you're not allowed to talk about, they debrief you just as part of everyone does it, right? And they basically say, here's here's what happened during your your career that you can talk about. And here's what happened during your career that you cannot talk about. And they walked him through it. I'm, su- I'm sure he knew some you mm-hmm. know nuclear test sites and things like yeah. that. Just stuff you, you can't mention. Um, and you're you're bound to that for the rest of your life. And then they they finished up, and you know they're putting their stuff away. And he goes, "What well, guys, guys? One other question. What about the whole Rendlesham thing?" He said they turned dead eye and said, "Don't make us Lazar you." <laughs> Uh, they, they, they said, what are, what are you talking about? And then he goes, the UFO thing, I, r- I wrote a, here, and he gave him a copy of the whatever. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, uh, yeah, we don't care. Go ahead. What are, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Gets the shit off our back on the real so, nefarious shit we're the doing. One, the one point that, that I think the guy from Skeptoid, Dunning, mm-hmm. is, is a very valid one, is some of the people... Involved in this have said, you know, we were threatened and bullets are cheap and all of that. I think that's kind of bullshit. Like the the military obviously doesn't care that these guys are talking about it. So here's another quote from him. When you examine each piece of evidence separately on its own merit, you avoid the trap of pattern matching and finding correlations where none exist. The meteors had nothing to do with the lighthouse or the rabbit diggings. But when you hear all three stories told together, it's easy to conclude, as did the airmen, that the light overhead became an alien spacecraft in the forest. Always remember, separate pieces of poor evidence don't aggregate together into a single piece of good evidence. You can stack cow pies as high as you want, but they won't turn into a bar of gold. <laughs> <laughs> good old Dunning, yeah, he's, he's hell of a guy. He mentioned the lighthouse. Let's. Uh, I want to stop there for a second. One of the men involved also said that when they went 
chasing after everything, they wound up at the lighthouse and then they were at the, they were checking everything out there and then they were back. And then if you look at the amount of time they were gone, it would have been physically impossible for them to have hoofed it all the way to the lighthouse, more than five miles each way in that amount of time. What that person is um, alluding to is, is that they were transported or that they were abducted, yeah. uh, that something happened. Time was lost. Lost time. Yeah. So that's, that's another man. A lot of bold statements in this yeah. story. Yeah. Then in 2010, we got Ginny Randalls, and she first reported on the case in the London Evening Standard in 1981. Of all the Evening Standards, that one is my That's favorite. Right. And co-authored with the local researchers who uncovered the events, the first book on the case in 1984, Sky Crash, A Cosmic Conspiracy. And she emphasized her previously expressed doubts that the incident was caused by extraterrestrial visitors, while suggesting that a... UAP or unidentified atmospheric phenomenon of unknown origin might have caused parts of the case. She noted swamp gas. This is a quote here. Whilst some puzzles remain, we can probably say that no unearthly craft were seen in Rendlesham Forest. Can you please do this in a British accent? <laughs> no, I cannot. We can also <laughs> we can also argue with confidence <laughs> that the main focus of the events was a series of misperceptions of everyday things encountered in less than everyday circumstances. Okay, hold on. Calm down, Jenny. <laughs> Let's not get your knickers in a twist. <laughs> Here's the problem. I don't for a second think that over the course of three days that is as small as five and as large as more than ten trained United States Air Force personnel all saw stuff that was everyday common and all had this uh, the misconception that it was. That it was crazy UFOs. Like I, I want to think that if my I was, grandmother, God rest her soul, would not have looked into the sky, saw normal stuff, and gone UFOs. Can you believe it? Atmospheric phenomenon is interesting. Okay, sure, she, she it's she part said, of yeah. But I find it hard to believe that men that were around a lighthouse day in and day out saw it from a forest and go, "The hell is that? Oh, it's rotating." Oh shit! <laughs> In the oh, same place, over die. and over. I mean, that is just hard for. I understand that, and she's right. You start stacking things, and then all of a sudden, it 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 stacks up in its own favor. As far as no, oh, she crazy. didn't say that. That was um. Well, I mean, she she said you know she said events. The events were a series of misperceptions of everyday yeah, and things. You, you, all the things come together, you know, less than everyday circumstances that that makes them when they're out of the ordinary. I can understand that, but I don't buy it, Jenny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can also very soon learn more about this story and even more from the word of Larry Warren. So we, we, we pledge you that interview. You can hear the whole interview with Larry Warren next year. 2019 documentary, Cable Green, talks a story from the Cable men's Green. point of view. And I will tell you, there's going to be a definite UFO slant to this. This is it's it's going to tell you it's a UFO. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's documenting what they're saying. I can tell you what it was. God left the refrigerator door open. Now, I told you we record these in, you know, in the past. Uh, coming up on September the 15th and 16th, the UFO Truth Magazine Home Firth Conference is happening over in England. And Steve Longero, who we talked about, a former MP, 
who reported seeing strange lights and Renderson plans to speak and they're going to interview him. And Gary Heseltine of the UFO Truth Magazine already interviewed him before. and They're going to be talking to him. And here's a quote. Steve did a three hour in-depth interview with me. And in that we found new information that could be important to the case. He has revealed two brand new major events that has never spoken about before and that are absolutely explosive. That's cool. And it's coming up. Probably by the time this comes out, it will have already happened, and, and maybe we can find out what was said. But here's the thing. Why wait 40 fucking years? I don't know. Maybe, you know, I've never been somewhere, and maybe they really were threatened, and now they're like, you know what? Piss off. I, I'm going to come out and say it. But it always just leaves a little bit of a bad taste. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily butter my buns. I mean, who cares? Like, okay, <laughs> two more. Old bread. <laughs> <laughs> He's already told his story. Right. Two more explosive details. That sounds like a really good way to sell tickets. Like, but, you know, it's like Penniston coming out later and and giving the details of touching the ship and all of that. Like, I I hate it when you I'm not going to summarily dismiss anyone that comes up with new details later. You do remember things. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that. That uh, further reflection on maybe talking to a therapist or somebody helps bring some things out. I'll give you an example. You probably remember this. I was in a bad car accident in 1998, and I, I had my seatbelt on. It broke, and I broke the steering wheel with my head, and I had amnesia. I explained so much. I had straight up amnesia. I didn't know, you know, who I was, who anyone was, for you know, better like a day. I had nothing to do with it. I swear. <laughs> That's actually true. That is true. I think he's trying to imply that he did, yeah, yeah, but but he's dumb. Yeah. So here's the thing. Over time, I have bits and pieces come back to me. I do not remember that day you know or anything but things come back to me and i would ask my mom and my dad when they were still around and stuff like did this happen and they're like yeah that happened what about the probing (laughs) yeah i have lost time and no but it's funny i don't know a lot of times if i'm remembering something or if i'm just like kind of making it up because you start like filling in the gaps gaps. but i will say the the things like when i asked them and stuff was was true and I, i remember the weird one i'm like was I in a wheelchair next to a guy who was like, I got shot. He's screaming, I got shot. And she's like, yeah, a guy got shot. And he was like asking you what you, what guy you got in- shot during your car wreck. And he was in the hospital. I was going, uh, in, I was going in to get a uh, MRI and they were like, the guy's like, I got shot. That's magnetic resonance imaging. Very good. Very good. Don't have a magnet. I didn't even look at anything up. metal. It's we should put C-Bot in one. <laughs> Speaking of magnets. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, no, so you, you, time, no, you, yes, you bring you know, up a good point. It's just that sometimes these revelations are conveniently timed with book releases, events, and that's what DVDs, and also, et I don't know how much of even my memory I can trust because I don't that know. You can trust, right. That's the thing, like, because unfortunately, like, you ever have even, like, you look at it, like, you've told a story a thousand times with someone and you almost think, like, wait, was I there? No, I've just heard this like so many times. You know what I mean? Like you, that's a legitimate, just an unfortunate thing that happens. Your mind plays tricks. Uh, one of the things I heard from a neuroscientist um, a while back. John and I hang out with a lot of neuroscientists. <laughs> it's what we know. do. Um, uh, and they, podiatrists. They were saying that um, memories are kind of like magazines. You you pull them out. The and, best ones have nudie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's where my mind went. I don't know. <laughs> that's exactly what the neuroscientists are talking about. But yes. I like my memories for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, baby, all my memories, yeah. I'm skipping the middle. Yeah. yeah. I'm skipping no, it. Sorry, go ahead. Um, 
they were saying that they're they're kind of like magazines in that you pull them out and you and you go through them, but when you don't do so without in some way, shape, or form damaging them. Mm-hmm. And so if you go back to the same memory, and it's not real damage; it's change. And yeah. so the more and more you go back to the same memory, the more it morphs and changes a little bit. It's not to say that you can't get the gist of a memory. We all, I can give you the gist of something that happened to me when I was 15 years old, but it's probably morphed and a little changed than the way I would re- recount it at the next day. My point is that people can accidentally, and I use the term purposefully there, accidentally create new things that happen. Oh, yeah. A lot of things are created accidentally. Babies being one of the major ones. <laughs> you know, to create new events that happened yeah. in the in the exact same story. And we'll pass a lie detector because they think they're telling the truth. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Because <laughs> they, well, they believe it. They, yeah. they do. They believe it. All right. I think we have we have beaten this dead horse. Beat it one enough. more time for me, John. What was it? Tell me real quick. In, in one sentence, it was United States military slash British military. One of the two or both combined testing new and unknown aircraft. If we are to believe that they saw something, I am 100% behind that, especially with Holt and them. He obviously, it felt like he believed his men when they came back with that. I could totally see the Aurora, some Delta wing craft was yeah. out there. They weren't even supposed to see it. And the lights, you, you, you know, they, they saw it, they went out there and they're like, Oh shit. You know, you know, cheese it. Whoop, 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 and they take off. And then, you know, it could have also been, couple nights later flying through the and air I'm, I'm in not, that area and and they say that there have been tons of sightings since then in this area and there were some going back to the 50s in the, just that part of england i'm not above believing even that the health problems whether it have been the heart problems or the cancer that so many of these men experienced were caused by that event i, I i'm i'm okay yeah, with we that we can't we don't don't forget that is it, it, of course don't forget that but also i i can even get behind the fact that it that actually caused it. I mean, because think about what kind of technologies are they playing with? You know, the first time that people started playing with radiation, uh, the scientists behind it died. Mary Curie. Yeah. I mean, because they didn't know what they were doing. Like, so it, does it seem weird that they could have had some sort of in the dark? Literally. That's not, (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Is, is it, does it seem so strange that they would have gone out, been close to one of these test aircraft that was probably emanating radiation from like an Hey, ocean. Gary, maybe don't touch it. Gary's just my go-to name. <laughs> no, why'd you touch it? And why are you licking it now? Hey, Burroughs. Yeah, don't get so close. Right. You know what I mean? Or maybe, hell, maybe it was an alien. Even the, the laser, quote-unquote, maybe that was yeah. some sort of weapon. Like that. Does, none of that seems to me out of the realm of possibilities. You said laser, quote unquote, and I just can't not think of Dr. Evil. <laughs> laser. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm actually with you on this. Like it would not surprise me in the slightest if it was some sort of, you know, black ops military project that they got close to, or that whole area was a dumping ground, but then you got the whole radiation. Was it true? Was it not? There's too many unanswered things in this for me to make a a fully fledged opinion because it's all over the place. And listener, if you haven't listened to all of our episodes, um, we've covered this before. Both Brent and I believe in aliens. I am not sure if they've been here or not. Brent definitely thinks they have, but let's, so let's, let's put the close the loop on this. Do you think that this was aliens? I, I, I tend to think not. I, I tend to think like you said in this one, it, it, it feels more like a U.S. or a joint endeavor the problem is classified weapons like, project of some type. 
yeah, exactly. But you do have, you know, the like the guy that recently came out and we played the audio from Larry Warren saying, oh, I, I saw a, a torso of an alien. That's conveniently been came up in the years. So I'm going to disregard that statement because no one else has said that. Right. So I, we don't know what he Steve's is on gonna, his own. We there. don't know what Steve's going to say um, on the 15th of September. So who knows what he's explosive things he's going to say. Uh, but as right now, he's kind of on his own. And, it you know, it, it smells black ops to me. It smells you should have been here. And we're just going to pretend like maybe it was a UFO. Hell, yeah, that's what it was, guys. Nothing to see here. But our opinion doesn't matter. What's your opinion, Nation? How can they tell us? I would go to Facebook. I would search Hysteria Nation. There you go. Also, don't forget, you can just go to Facebook.com slash Hysteria51Pod and listen to this episode and all other episodes. Hop on Twitter at Hysteria51Pod. Please don't forget, go to Patreon.com slash Hysteria51. You can get extra bonus episodes. You can get audio dramas. You can get T-shirts and pins and all sorts of swag, signed posters. You can even pick and host your own episode. We'll we'll sit next. I want to do that. We'll do the uh, yeah. Right. Well, one of these days, I'll let you pick a topic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven again seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. We have a ton of them. I think this one's long enough. We probably t- and we're gonna play like sixteen minutes of audio for uh, them on the back end. Yeah, yeah. So we'll probably leave them out and we'll get to them next time. Oh. Someone sent me a message and said, can I, will you give me a shout out? I listen to the show. I believe you were from speaking of England. I have lost that message. Message me again because I forget who it was. So I was talking back and forth and they're like, Hey, you know, mention me on the show. And I'm like, I will. And I deleted it somehow. So I don't remember if it was on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook where it was. I am an asshole. I'm a piece of shit. I, I agree. apologize. I agree. So send me a message again. I did not forget about you. I just accidentally deleted the messages. Mail, motherfucker. Oh, I can, did. Can, conspiracy bot, you realize that we can read <laughs> that it's from you, right? Wasn't me. Scout's honor. Please kill yourselves, slimed random British douche. <laughs> this is totally just Seabot. It even used his, yeah, Seabot to go fuck Look, yourself. And, and, and Seabot, let's be clear. Just because you don't like British announcer guy. That has nothing to do with the entire country. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They give us tea. It's delicious. Bangers and mash. I'm a fan. Oh, I, I PG Tips tea is one of my favorite black teas. <laughs> Whenever the tip's involved, it's never PG with me. Oh, that's a great. <laughs> that is a low-hanging fruit, baby. <laughs> Don't forget, we're going to play that audio. If you guys stick around at the end, we're going to play all the audio from the Holt tape. So stick around. I'll be here. I'm like I'm like that Michael Jackson meme eating popcorn. <laughs> With that said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been conspiracy bot. Stay woke, meat sex. 150 feet or more from the initial, I should say, suspected impact point. Having a lift car, we can't get the line all the work. There seems to be some kind of mechanical problem. Let's send it back and get another light on. Mean government takes a range to gather tire and chase uh, around the air a little bit, waiting for another light on to come back in.
the five ten scale, and we're reading about third uh, fourth increment. Okay, we're still comfortably safe here.
shift to your quarter off three five seven. Taking that. What are we up to? We're up to two or three units. Deflection, you're getting in close to one pod. Picking up something. Picking up. Okay, it's still not going above three or four units. Picking up more though. Yes, you're staying, you're, you're staying steady up around two to three to four units now. Yeah. One of these trees that face into the blast, what we assume is the landing site, all having a bridge and facing in the same direction towards the center. The same That's interesting. Let's, let's go the rest of it around the circle here. Turn it back down here. Pick it up here. Collection. Let me see that. Well, that's kind of funny. That's, that's, you're right about the abrasion. I've never seen a tree that's... Uh, never seen a pine tree that's been damaged react that fast. Yeah, I got a bottle to put that in. Yeah, you got a sample bottle? We'll just put this for the soil. Yeah, here, let's sit this on the ground. Okay, from now on, let's, 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 let's identify that as point number one. Let's stake there. So you all know where it is. We have to sketch it. You got that set of novels? Yes, sir. Close okay. To the wood Close to the wood bridge base. B point one. B point one. And let's go clockwise from there. Point two. Point two. Ahead, so this tree is between point two. Yeah, and yeah, point yeah, three. Yeah. And two other personnel requesting to run more your location. Tell them negative at this time. We'll tell them when they can come out here. We don't want them out here right now. Okay, the, the sample, you're going to mark this sample number one. Yes. Have you cut it off and include some of that sap and all. Is between indentation two and three on a pine tree about uh, about five feet away, about three and a half feet off the ground. There's a round abrasion on the tree about uh, three and a half, four inches in diameter. It looks like it might be old, but uh, strange as a crystalline pine sap has come out that fast. See those other trees here that are damaged in a similar fashion? Yes, yeah, so I'll put them towards the center of the landing. So. Okay, why don't you take a picture of that and remember your picture, and you got to be writing this down. It's going to be on the tape. Right. Got a tape measure with you? This is the picture. Your first picture will be at the first tree, the one between uh, Mark 2 and 3. Meantime, I'm going to look at a couple of these trees over here. We are getting some. You're getting rains on the tree you've taken samples from on the side facing the suspected landing site. Four clicks, Max. Up to four. Interesting. That's right where you're taking the sample now. Four. That's the strongest point on the tree? Yes, sir. If you come to the back, there's no clicks whatsoever. No clicks at all on the back. It's all on the Maybe side facing the... Interesting. The indentations look like something twisted as it got, you know, as it sat down on them. Looks like someone took something and sat it down and twisted it from side to side. Mm -hmm. Very strange. We're looking at the same tree we took the sample off with this, what do you call it, star scope? Uh-huh, star scope. Getting, getting a definite heat reflection off the tree, about, about three to four feet off the ground? Yes, where the same spot is. It's same place where the spot is. We're getting a heat spot on the tree directly behind us. I picked up the same thing. One on to your right. Uh, three trees in the area, immediately adjacent to the site, within 10 feet of the suspected landing site. We're picking up heat reflection off the trees. What's that again? Shine a light on again, Bob. Well, you have trouble getting the Yeah. Get the light on the spot, and then when you want them, okay, turn the light on. You'll notice the white. 
with streak on the tree. Indicates, uh, let me turn around with this tree over here now. Just a second. Watch for streak on the tree. I can see it. Wait a minute, give me a little side line so I can find the tree. Okay, off. I lost the tree. Okay, stop, stop. Light off. Hey, this is eerie. What is the This is strange. Here, someone want to look at the spots on the ground? Whoops, watch your nose. We're walking all over the block here. Okay, let's step back and not walk all over it. Come back here, somebody put a beam on them. You're going to have to be back 10 or 15 feet. See it? Okay, fine. Okay, lights off. What do you think about the spot? Yeah. Let's see the first spot. Okay, that's what we call uh, spot number three. Let's go to the back corner and get spot number one. Spot number one. Here's spot number one, right here. Spot number one, right here. Do you need some light? There it is, right there. You focused? Okay. Looking out, spot number one to the starlight scope. Slight increase in light at spot number one. Let's go look at spot number two. Spot number two is right over here. Right here. See it? Okay, get focused on it. Tell me when. Okay. Lights on. Let's see what we get on it. Slight increase. Just a slight increase? Try to center. The center spot. It really isn't center. It's slightly off center. It's right there. Okay. Get your reading on it right there. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. Okay, lights out. This is the center spot we're looking at now. We're almost the center. Slight increase there. This is slightly off center toward the uh, one two side. It's a, some type of an abrasion or something in the ground where the pine needles are all pushed back while we get a high radiact or high uh, reading about the uh, deflection of uh, two to three, maybe four, depending on the point on it. Want to check it? Yes. You so there's a positive after effect? Yes, there is definitely. That's on the center spot. There is an after effect. What does that mean? When the lights are turned off, once we are focused in, it'll allow time for the eyes to adjust. We are getting an indication of a heat source coming out of that center spot, as, uh, which will show up on the heat or some form of energy. It's hardly heat at this stage of the game. Looking directly overhead, one can see an opening in the trees, plus some freshly uh, broken pine branches on the ground underneath. Looks like someone came off about 15 to 20 feet up. Some small branches about an inch or less in diameter. Zero 148, we're hearing very strange sounds out of the farmer's barnyard animals. They just very, very active, making an awful lot of noise. This is a pigmentation. You just saw a light yeah, there. Wait, I know it's slow down. Where? Right in this position here, straight ahead, in between the tree. There it is again. 
watch straight ahead off my flash right there. Yeah, so there it is. Hey, I see it too. What is it? We don't know, sir. So yeah, can I get some of it? Yeah, it's a strange, small red light. Looks to be out maybe a quarter to half mile, maybe further out. I'm going to switch off. The light is gone now. It was approximately 120 degrees from the site. Is it back again? Yes, sir. Oh, that's flashlight, sir. Let's move out to the edge of the clearing so we can get a better look at it. See if you can get the star scope on it. The light's still there, and all the barnyard animals have gotten quiet now. Yeah, we're heading about 110 to 120 degrees from the site. I'm through to the clearing now. Still getting a reading on the meter. About two clicks. Meter jump, three to four clicks. Getting stronger. Now it's stuck. That's coming up. Hold up. There we go. It's about approximately four foot off the ground. Compass set to 110 degrees. Right, I just turned the meter off. You got to say that again. About four feet off the ground, about 110 degrees, getting a reading of about four clicks. Yes, sir. Yeah, but it. No, it's dying. No, it's dying. I think it's something other than the ground. I think it's something that's something variable here. The tree, right? Over. We just went to the first night bird we've seen. We're about 150 or 200 yards from the site. Everything else is just deathly calm. There's no doubt about it. There's some type of strange flashing red light ahead. There's yellow. I saw a yellow tinge in it, too. Weird. It, it, it appears to be maybe moving a little bit this way. It's, it's brighter than it has been. Yellow. It's coming this way. It is definitely coming this way. The two pieces of it are shooting off. There is no doubt about it. This is weird. To the left. Yeah, definitely. Two, two lights. Two one light to the right, one light to the left. Keep flashlights off. There's something very, very strange. Get the headset on. See if it gets any stronger. Okay. Give us, give us a rundown. This is on a beta reading, too. It's on a beta reading? Okay. okay. still has been removed. Okay. It again. But it just moved to the right. Yeah. Off the right. Strange. Oh, well, why don't you get left? Let's approach to the edge of the woods up there. Can you want to do without lights? Let's do it carefully. Come on. Okay, we're looking at the thing. We're probably about two to three hundred yards away. It looks like an eye winking at you. It's still moving from side to side. And when you put the star scope on it, it, it sort of has a hollow center, a dark center. It's, it's you know, like a pupil of an eye looking at you and winking. And the flash is so bright to the star scope that uh, it almost burns your eye. Across in the next field, now we have multiple sightings of up to five lights with a similar shape and all, but they seem to be steady now rather than a pulsating or glow with a red flash. We just crossed the, the creek and uh, we're getting what kind of readings now? Getting through three good clicks on the meter and we're seeing strange lights in the sky.
for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.